0: of the Criterion Creeps podcast, I'm Jared Duncan, RJ Bailop, and we're just two guys who have no other choice now but to creep our way through the Criterion Collection one spine number at a time in order of release. This week, we're taking dark portals through time with God on our ass as we take a look at spine number 37 in the Criterion Collection, Terry Gilliam's Time Bandits from 1981. But RJ, first of all, you feeling Mm -hmm. frisky tonight? Oh, that's
1: not what I i was expecting you to say Mm
0: -hmm. uh
1: yeah i guess i am i mean you're not even wearing a shirt right now Mm -hmm. the audience at home can't uh, see that but uh i I knew something was off yeah i'm feeling a little uh Mm a little risky there's someone put some corn in my chowder if you know what i mean (laughs) i hear you
0: you hear me yeah Yeah. Mm -hmm. are you
1: feeling risky tonight
0: uh yeah no risky Frisky, risky. Risque? No, definitely fri- and frisky. Definitely frisky, but risky, not nah, so much.
1: What's got uh, What's got you all hot and bothered?
0: Um, uh, I don't know. It's the middle of the work week. Um, I can taste. You're giving me a case of the vapors. I can feel uh like relief at the end of it. Um, uh huh. Yeah, so I don't know. It's fine. Oh, you know what it is. Oh, I just it is I I actually uh. I just ate a big old bowl of split pea soup from my parents, which I uh, was kind of like, nah, I well, I don't know. I didn't go in like too excited, not too stoked. I was like, this, <laughs> this looks like a gravy stew. Um, but started eating it, and I'm like, oh, that tastes pretty good. And just like had a little bowl of it, and then now my stomach is completely full. It's like one of the most uh, satisfying filling meals I've had in a long, long time
1: everything that you just said has once been used to describe me yeah you don't really expect too much going in mm-hmm. but you get a bowl or two deep and you're deeply emotionally satisfied that's that's rj sauce for you that's that's me baby no i actually i figured it out i know why you're uh, you're so perky why uh because uh we're a day out of january now
0: oh yeah and, uh, last,
1: last week you were uh, you were barely on the line you we weren't sure if you were even going to come back Yep. And then now we are officially out of January, which I believe is the most depressing month of the year because it's – well, it's the coldest. It's got the shortest days. And I think that's when uh, literal depression is at its highest. But I don't know. I'm not a doctor. So what do I know?
0: <laughs> what do you know? What uh, do I know? Yeah. Um sure that sounds cool that sounds legit uh yeah it is now february i kind of hadn't really thought about it too much mm-hmm. I, hadn't, I hadn't written down any dates today so uh uh-huh. i'm all for it i guess that sounds great um the weather's not bad it got a little cold again but uh mm-hmm. it's, it hasn't snowed so yippee such enthusiasm yeah this is, about much- all, I, this is all i can muster man <laughs>
1: Oh, uh, well, you came in hot, man. I,
0: yeah, now talking I'm talking to you, you. I'm Now I'm talking I'm to you. I'm not even
1: kidding, you gave me the vapors. <laughs> I'm, I'm a little sticky down there. Oh. Ew. Not in that way. I meant that oh. in a different way, but it came out even grosser than I meant. So, whatever. <laughs> I'll go with it.
0: All right then.
1: There's there's our intro bumper for uh, all the new fans out there.
0: Hey, RJ. How 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 have you been?
1: I'm all right. Yeah. I'm all right. I'm uh, doing that cow game. Yeah. Uh, as you know uh there's no real updates on the uh, the cow front i think for the fans out there mm-hmm. uh, if anyone has questions I'd be happy to answer them but uh, uh I, I was actually just really busy with work this week so I didn't really have a whole lot going on I don't think nothing new and exciting for all uh, the people no, that's too bad
0: but I, I hear yeah, I mean I, I do hear you're getting a, a vehicle though
1: Ah, uh, yeah I did I bought a new car today oh you bought it yeah well i' i f- I financed it, okay. so uh, I will have bought it in six years,
0: okay. but
1: uh, yeah, a uh, big step for me. I've always uh, got my vehicles secondhand from uh, family members, mm-hmm. and uh, you have first. You have been in said vehicles firsthand a few times, and you know the yeah. the caliber and quality of uh, things that have been handed down to me. Mm-hmm. Uh, so, yeah, <laughs> so I don't know if you want to care to comment on that. But, no, uh, uh, well,
0: it's good. It's a big step up uh when yeah and you get to pick this car up tomorrow
1: picking her up to, uh at 4 p.m tomorrow drive it off that lot drive it off that lot and right off of a bridge mm-hmm. call her quits because i mean if i go down i'm going down in style
0: are you gonna go brand
1: up? new cadillac deville
0: yeah and uh is Andrea all excited to be picked up by her man once again
1: Oh, she's, uh, she's ecstatic because she doesn't got to take the bus anymore. she got to wear bus pants and all that stuff. <laughs>
0: well, bus pants, huh?
1: Yeah, because it's is, is uh, dirty pro- on the bus. Okay, is that
0: like a protective plastic pants that one wears on the bus? It's kind of
1: like, uh, I think one time you sent me a Tim and Eric like dump pants thing. Oh, d- it's d- similar uh, d- to pants, those.
0: D-pants,
1: yeah. <laughs> D-pants, yeah. It's really similar to those. It uh, keeps everything that you want in kept in yeah. and keeps everything you want out kept out. So uh, that's a uh, barn loaf's d pants when you got a loaf and you just don't want to share. I don't know what I'm uh, even getting at anymore, but uh, yeah, no, she'll be happy not to take the bus anymore. She said uh, yesterday she saw um, a guy with his complete bare ass on the seat. So <laughs> what? Yeah, I guess that I guess that's what I should have led with. Uh, yeah, there was some uh, some guy, and he just had his bare ass on the bus seat, and she was like, "Oh, great."
0: <laughs> Why? How? I,
1: I think uh, I uh, I kind of misled you a little bit. I think he was like maybe a kid, not like a baby, <laughs> okay. but like definitely not not like a toddler either. Like like eleven or twelve, and uh, he the kid just had his whole his whole butto and it was just like on the seat.
2: And Whoa.
1: Andrew was just like, hmm. hmm. <laughs> so that, that kid's not getting his bust pants protection. I'll tell you that much. <laughs> oh, shit. He's going to have pimples <laughs> on his uh, butt when he on gets his home. Very airy.
0: God damn yeah, it. Yeah,
1: you know, like uh, butt acne? What's it, What's that called? Uh, buttnik or something like that? <laughs> to uh, uh, all you listeners out there, if you know the real term for butt acne, is it buttnik? I'd I, like to know.
0: I don't know. I
1: don't. I don't have the internet, so I can't look these things up myself. Yeah,
0: I'm mostly just more, more familiar with like a uh, back knee as a, being one of those things as a sign of uh, steroid use. Ah, yeah. sign of virility. Mm-hmm. In injection mm-hmm. sites. Yeah. Yeah.
1: Is that why all those wrestlers have full-backed uh,
0: shirts but uh, nothing in the front? Uh, yeah, if you go look up, uh, there's certain guys that are like notorious, uh, uh for, and it's just like, yeah, their backs are just so nasty. It's just like, Whoa. I want to see that. Yeah. No one does. And, but these guys, they would just walk out there, wrestle all the time. And it's like, oh, this guy's mm-hmm. like physique is kind of comical. And, uh, there he is just like, as imagine like guys like taking back bumps and just like these zits bursting on the canvas. Mm-hmm. Yeah. That's like kind well, of like a 12 year old bare ass on the bus. <laughs>
1: Twelve-year-old bear ass on the bus. Yeah, yeah. yeah, I could get in trouble for it. We we gonna have to uh, label this episode as explicit yeah. for talking about that kind of jazz. But uh, <laughs> yeah, no. So um, needless to say, Andrea is really excited that we will once again have a vehicle of our own. Mm-hmm. We were without for about three weeks while uh, we were looking for this. I don't think I ever talked about that. But uh, you know what? Don't matter. We got a new car now. And yep. We're gonna be we're we're back in the real world. Hoorah! what about you man have you, you seen any naked butts lately
0: no no man no i haven't <laughs> um, i i should
1: i should actually i should narrow that down any public naked butts because i mean i know you're always looking at your own uh figure oh yeah no, you're I'm, very vain
0: i'm very yeah, i'm showcasing all the time for myself
2: mm-hmm.
0: yeah no um no no bare asses in my world um but uh yeah Enough about asses. Uh, this is a movie podcast. Hey, RJ. Sure. What have you been creeping yeah. on this week?
1: Huh. Uh, creeping, huh? I was thinking about this all day, Jer. Yeah. I was just trying to think about what I should talk to you about. Yeah. Because the thing I wanted to talk to you about, I didn't accomplish. So I'm going to have to save that <laughs> till next week. Okay. Uh, and those things are twofold. So I'll save b- both of those until next week. Okay. But what I'm going to do here is briefly talk about uh, Jim Carrey and then briefly talk about a TV show that me and Andrea have been watching. Okay. Okay. So, uh, as a lot of people know, I have been uh, going through a history of Mr. James Carey, uh, my, one of my favorite dudes. Uh, we have the same birthday, so we're connected by Astral um, Prophecy, I think is what the, that is. Astral. Uh, so I've been watching. Sure. Yeah. So, I've been watching a lot of his movies. Um, but what I really want to talk about is two out of the three movies that he uh, was robbed because he should have got a Best Actor award. And I'm, I don't think he was he's even been nominated. I could be wrong on that, but uh, I, I'm, I'm going to say two out of the three that he, he deserves a Best Actor. Uh, the Truman Show and uh, Man on the Moon. Mm-hmm. The third, of course, being the best movie ever made, Eternal Sunshine. That is a uh, subjective and objective opinion. It's unanimous. Everyone agrees it's the best movie ever. But um, what's to talk about? I think uh, those two movies are both just fucking amazing. Like, uh, when's the last time you watched either of those?
0: Um, man, uh, uh, it's been a while for Truman Show. Mm-hmm. Man on the Moon. I kind of went through a Milos Foreman uh, rewatch phase because I love everything he's made. Um, but yeah, no, I, I, I love Man on the Moon a lot. Uh, mm-hmm. That movie. Uh, that was kind of like my introduction to Andy Kaufman. I think. Um, yep. And it also kind of a crossed over with my liking of Jim Carrey. Um, mm-hmm. You missed a movie in your, uh, your trilogy there. It's a, it's actually, uh, a, it's a quadrology RJ. It,
1: yeah, no, no, you're, you're right. Yeah. Uh, I also watch a dumb and dumber, which is another showcase of just extreme fucking raw talent from both uh, the boys in that one. Mm-hmm. Uh, that's another
0: five star affair. Uh, all three of those movies are five stars. i I'm, as far as I'm concerned. Yeah. They're great. Yeah. It's a pretty good run, but yeah, I know. Yeah. Man on the moon is like super good. Uh, Mm -hmm. somewhere I've got that soundtrack kicking around. But, uh, yep. no, uh, uh, my friend uh, Dan and I, we both had a very special relationship with that movie. Uh, mm-hmm. We often felt a lot like Andy Kaufman and his manager, George Shapiro. I can see that. Um, yeah, I yeah, just like, yeah, it's like, there's like the one line that about, like, uh, it's like a joke that only you two find funny. <laughs> and I'm like, that's, it's how, a, that's how we It's live. a
1: joke that only two people in the whole universe yeah. find funny, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. yeah, that's you guys. That's us. Yeah,
0: <laughs> and, uh, so, so I... Yeah. No be- keep going. Oh so yeah that's just the movie that like yeah I uh I hold very uh special place in my heart. Uh it's yeah. so, and again it's probably been way too long since I watched it last. Um but yeah mm-hmm. No Miles Foreman, like between like One Foot of the Cuckoo's Nest, Amadeus, Man on the Moon, People Versus Larry mm-hmm. Flint. It's like a mm-hmm. pretty incredible cycle of movies that he's been involved with. Um and even like his like lesser movies I guess even there like Pretty good. Like, actually, the two uh, movies we'll be talking about someday uh, are Criterions, and they're really pretty good, too. Uh, Loves of a Blonde and Fireman's Ball. Mm -hmm. Uh, They're pretty good. So.
1: Well, maybe at that time I'll rewatch all his stuff again. Why not? Because that would be a treat. Uh, But, yeah, like, um, I'm going to talk about Man on the Moon, too, because Mm -hmm. uh, everyone knows Truman Show and Dumb and Dumber. I feel like... Most people know Man on the Moon, but I also feel like it's gotten forgotten a little bit, which I think is too bad because as we've touched on already, it's awesome. So I have a special connection to that movie as well. Mm -hmm. I owned it on VHS. (laughs) uh, As you know, uh, or as I've told, uh, as a little kid, I was a huge Jim Carrey fan um, because I wore the Hawaiian shirts and I acted like he did in Ace Ventura and things like that. Um, So when Man on the Moon came out, I really liked it because I identified it with it as well. Uh, but I wasn't—I'm not a wasn't a weirdo like Andy Kaufman. Yeah. But one of the reasons I liked it so much—I don't know if you knew this,
2: Jer—but
1: mm. I not only share a birthday with Jim Carrey, like I mentioned, but I also share a birthday with Mr. Andy Kaufman.
2: Oh. So I thought
1: it was a—I thought it was a sign from the heavens that uh, that was my movie. So I watched that fucker on repeat so much. I made my mom watch that movie so many times. But uh, I always knew when the uh, they went to the whorehouse. I knew when that scene would come. So I'd, I'd pretend to go to the bathroom so it wasn't awkward. So I didn't have to watch that with my mom. Uh-huh. Uh huh. And when people are wondering, but that movie came out in 99. So I was nine years old when I was watching that movie. That's why I chose to leave the room. Ah. But uh, yeah, no, I, I feel the same way. I think it's awesome. Uh, everyone should watch that movie. It's just like it's like a shakespearean tragedy i think when you look at his life like kind of the stuff that went on or maybe maybe it's not maybe you see it as the complete opposite i just like the way he went about things and his life and how it all kind of ended and stuff like that
0: it's, it's crazy man it's crazy. It's crazy. Milk and cookies. Carnegie Hall. Milk and cookies. Cargany, milk and cookies. No. It's
1: even got uh, some uh, Rassel in which I know
0: you're a big oh, fan of. yeah. Well, that's kind of like the – Jerry Jerry Yeah, no, because that was like the only thing I ever really ever knew I think of. Like I knew there was like this thing with like Andy Kaufman and Jerry Lawler going in and and that was like ninety nine. So that was like when uh WWF was like at its peak in popularity. Like it was huge. Mm -hmm. And Jerry Lawler was like on like wrestling still, being announcer with Jim Ross. And I was like, Oh, I wonder how they're gonna do that. And I was like, Oh shit, it's Jerry Lawler and it's like him just like dressed the way he did, like, you know, seven or twenty years earlier. Um, I think they just darkened his hair and gave him his old clothes back. Pretty, That's it. Pretty much. But yeah, I know he was, he was really good in it. Uh, he's a good performer. Uh, but yeah, and also like the other thing too, I was just thinking about, I was like, I think that was like one of the first movies I saw with Paul Giamatti. And then I was just like looking and I'm like, Oh, maybe I'll double check that. And Oh, the other movie that he would have been in that I would have seen before this was the Truman show. <laughs>
1: Yeah, yeah, because he's the yeah exactly. Yeah, he's, he's the control room director. Yeah, guys. he's in
0: both those. So that's probably uh, there was some crossover there. Them showing up together. Yeah.
1: Yeah. Exactly. So, yeah, that movie really fucking rules. Uh, it always scared me at the end when he's in those like, uh, was it like Balinese medicine men or something? Oh, and they yeah, just like yeah, dig yeah. their hands in the, the, the bodies, ch- the
0: chicken guts. Yeah
1: yeah i never understood that as a little kid i was like is that what fucking medicine is and it scared me so bad um i don't i have nothing else to say on that but uh yeah yeah man on the moon is a an all-time classic and i don't don't even know i just um i don't know if it's like forgotten or anything like that i I just i never hear anyone else talk about it so
0: yeah i mean I don't know. I guess like he he would be brought up in a conversation about like Jim Carrey stuff, uh, mm-hmm. and like Andy Kaufman is a figure. Uh, yeah. yeah, I don't know. It's like I I like I've talked about that movie a lot, so it's never seemed mm-hmm. like it was far from conversations. Because uh, like I watched that movie an awful lot because I probably got it on VHS initially and then got a DVD and right. watched it a bunch. But it's been a long time since I wa- I try to like just watch new movies all the time. I very rarely yeah. rewatch stuff, so. One day, hopefully, again soon. You
1: ever want to? You ever want to treat yourself and to some of the finest acting you'll ever see? Just do a quad uh, with the Truman Show, Man on the Moon, Dumb and Dumber, and Eternal Sunshine, and you'll just Mm -hmm. you'll be crying all day, man. You'll be crying all day. Yeah, yeah. So uh, that was really good. Mm -hmm. I I watched some good movies, and that made me really happy. Yep. Uh, But then I didn't really have time for anything else. So I, I know this is a movie podcast. But I like to, I think people also watch television. So I'm going to mention a television show me and Andrea are watching. Mm-hmm. Uh, we're almost done. I think there's only 17 episodes, and I think we're on episode 12. Uh, and it's The Fall with everybody's uh, favorite uh, Temptress, Jillian uh, Anderson, <laughs> or uh, as me and Andrea call her, uh, Skullbones. Bones. Uh, that's uh, what we call her in our house. Yeah.
0: Um, are you familiar with this show at all? Uh, yeah, I, I know of it. Like, I've never seen it. I know Chanel's watched it. Um, I don't know if she's watched the new season of oh, the fall, but
1: uh, let me lay it down for you. I'll, I'll be brief. Don't worry. So killer there's, is serial killer. There's three seasons it's a, a strangler, a serial killer in Belfast. Okay. And, uh, Jillian Anderson is like a, a superintendent uh, detective who gets come in to like spearhead the, uh, um, the unit to like hunt them down and stuff like that. spearhead the investigation so mm-hmm. that's what this show is about and when we started it i liked it a lot i thought it was really good and the more we watched it the more it made me angry and angrier and angrier and angrier and it started delving into really like questionable territory And it just made me so fucking mad, Jared, that uh, now me and Andrea are, like, hate watching it (laughs) just because we want to see how it ends and, like, just tear it apart as we watch it. So what I mean, and I know why I'm angry at this, and I know it's pretty much an unreasonable thing that other normal people wouldn't get upset about, but I get really, like, caught up on the reality of what they're portraying in like some of the episodes so there's one of these episodes where the serial killer who is like usually psychopaths and serial killers have like a higher in like intelligence like that's just a trait of that but this guy's doing stuff that i find very questionable he like he knows she's staying at a hotel so he like goes in and like finds out her information and like steals keys and stuff and then goes into her hotel room and like goes into her coded computer and i was just like i don't it's like he couldn't just do those things Mm -hmm. i find that odd uh there's things where they know he's the serial killer and yet they choose not to arrest him and then later on they play it off like he has a hostage but for for like three episodes you're just like, why are they not arresting him? This doesn't make any fucking sense. They're like, we need more evidence, but they have him like on video confessing that he did it. And it's like, why? Why do you need more evidence? That's very bizarre. And then there's a uh, you know side stories with characters who uh, mean absolutely fucking nothing, and they're given a lot of attention, a lot of time and attention, and I feel like it doesn't pay off at all. There's ho- the whole time, like the guy's side job is he's a bereavement counselor, and there's like one case that went wrong where it's like. The guy of a a married couple whose son died. He's like a tough guy, like an IRA tough guy, and uh, he doesn't like him. And then it's like always in the background. And then uh, in season three, he shows up and just shoots him randomly. And it's so like, why is why is this guy's story even fucking relevant at all? You you'd have just had anybody shoot him. Just, I don't know. That's my that was my venting on the fall, Jarrett. Um, okay. It's like I said, uh, my, criti- my comments and criticisms—I understand—are probably unfounded and silly nitpicks. But you know what? It just—it started—it started to really bother me.
0: Okay. No, now it's, but, uh, now uh, I don't it's know. out there.
1: Now it's out there in the world. Now everybody knows. Mm-hmm. I thought it started really strong, and I, I like the premise. But uh, I thought it just uh, drifted a little
0: bit too much their are padding for time. You know what I mean? Uh, it's TV. It's unfortunately sometimes when TV, t- when, t- when TV goes bad, it can be really, really bad.
1: <laughs> yes, it can be bad. Yeah. All right. So that's it. What okay. about you,
0: man? Well, uh, to f- uh, kind of come back to last episode, uh, I went and watched that Wages of Fear American remake, uh, Violent Ooh. Road. Mm-hmm. Um, and it was just a movie. Uh it like lacks any of the like great filmmaking on display in Wages of Fear. Uh it's kind of like a it, it makes a really strange decision of like okay, instead of just like four guys driving two trucks, they decide instead mm-hmm. we're going to have six guys driving three trucks and if not all three trucks get there, nobody gets paid. And wow. they all get there. Come eh. on, that's <laughs> and, not as good. And it's like, oh, <laughs> like, I don't know. Like, it's like, I don't know, it's kind of weirdly, boringly shot. Um, it has, like, a really cool opening, though. It basically opens up with uh, a missile launch that goes wrong and the rocket's just, like they do a missile launch and the rocks actually go crashing down into like a on top of a school basically killing one of the guys like mm-hmm. wife and kids
2: like in that 1950s
0: right. sort of safe way but I'm like I was like kind of like, yeah this is mm-hmm. promising but then it gets kind of gets going and it's just like a bunch of characters that I don't know it's a as you've put it it's a magazine movie Oh, one of those. It's like whether it's happening or not, it doesn't really matter. It's inconsequential. Um, yeah. yeah. It's just like, hey, just watch Wages of Fear. And there's a reason why. Like, I think only 19 or 20 people have ever watched Violent Road and no one talks about it. And I didn't even know it existed until uh, we did that episode. So uh-huh. it's well, not, it's there. It's a movie. But watch. to that. Go, go to the source, folks, or watch Sorcerer. Yeah. Okay. Um, okay. As far Good. as... Uh, Deep cut movies. Uh, one I will mention that I really enjoyed because uh, it was a total surprise. Because my friend Corey had bought a like I think it was like Shout Factory put out like a Vietnam slash like exploitation kind of uh, two pack with movies that he got for mm-hmm. one movie. Um, we watched both, and the one that he didn't really think of or he didn't go out of his way to buy actually I thought it turned out to be the best movie it's one called Gordon's War uh, directed by Ozzie Mm -hmm. Davis uh, one of the featured Mm -hmm. actors in a little film called Do the Right Thing that we'll be watching someday soon Uh, Uh and Gordon's War tells the story of a man returned from Vietnam whose wife has died because she got uh, hooked on the junk and so he and mm-hmm. some fellow uh, fel- uh, African- American vets vets they're all going to team up and take down the local drug trade in their neighborhood in Harlem um, and mm-hmm. it's like very like if you watch enough black exploitation kind of action movies from this period of time they're all like they, they have this same story but this one is told very well mm-hmm. um it's it steps it goes through all the steps of like first you take on the peddlers the pimps and the the hotels where they're running the drugs and having all the people stay there to do their drugs you you hit the drug dens then you go after the guys up top and it just like builds and builds and builds mm-hmm. um it's just like i don't know uh great uh, version of like 70s cinema uh, it's probably one of the better black exploitation movies that I've watched that I think like actually holds up fairly well as a movie Um <laughs> trying to think of what else i can say about it other than yeah i mean if you're like already like interested in exploitation movies i definitely would say this is like uh, a really good example of it and if like I've, I've never really heard too many people go out of the way to talk about it but i think it's because it wasn't available mm-hmm. on dvd until like a year or so ago um it was just dropped on this like two-pack with this other movie called off limits with uh willem dafoe um and yeah i mean i thought it was like Pretty good and like very exciting It's got a really good car chase Um, I often find that like when I watch movies with car chases I really don't care about What's going on because they're usually not very well shot and they don't draw you into the actual racing and chasing and stuff like that but in this uh it's actually really well done because they they do some kind of risky stuff like setting up cameras on the hood of the car and they probably also were doing it not necessarily with unions in mind uh so Mm -hmm. there's probably a lot more danger involved with the people driving but uh yeah like super exciting um so yeah, there's enough there to recommend. But again, it's like yeah, if you're into mm. black exploitation stuff, Gordon's War, folks. <laughs> um, and then for the, the the other movies that I watched, I uh-huh. j- I jumped ahead to 2016, and I took in what? So, yeah, I know. Uh, I did what <laughs> I was saying the other week about how I don't watch movies from like the current year usually, and I did like, <laughs> the exact opposite of that.
1: I think you said that once already tonight. Even did so, I? you're you're a big fat liar. <laughs>
0: Uh, well, that was like, I think we're talking about Man on the Moon and not rewatching movies. Well, these are all new movies. Oh, okay. I see, I see. Yeah. Okay. Um, All right. Lay it on me. So, uh, first of all, I watched two films that you lent to me. Uh, Mm -hmm. yes, uh, the much- How were those received? (laughs) Uh, well, uh, uh, first up was Hell or High Water. Uh. Oh, yes. Yep. And- Uh, My problem with this movie Which I think you had alluded to Talking about how my best buddy Taylor Sheridan The writer of Sicario (laughs) Also wrote Hell Uh or High Water Um, Uh I basically learned that Taylor Sheridan and I are on different wavelengths as far as like how I would write something or how I want things right. written or, and how he would write things. Cause there's lines in this movie that are just so bad that I'm like, how the hell is this movie even like in contention to be best picture and let alone being like nominated for like best original screenplay when there's like lines mm-hmm. such as like, well, what were they black? white, And the response to this in this description of what race these people were is like, oh there was their skin or their souls (laughs) and Mm -hmm. i just like oh my god no one would ever talk like this except in shitty movies and uh though i don't know everything with like jeff bridges in this movie it just felt like so derivative of the tommy lee jones character in no country for old man uh like it's just the same gimmick and it's jeff Bridges playing old bumble man. Oh, and he's, he's, but he's charmingly racist and he plays racial <laughs> horseplay. And I'm like, yeah, I've seen breaking bad. Um, and I've seen right. no country for old men. I've seen true grit. Uh, I've seen everything that they're drawing on and it's just happening again. It's being thrown back toward me. Um, mm-hmm. I don't know. It doesn't really go anywhere other than like, I don't know, obvious places. Um, I was kind of like surprised that you had such a problem with like the, like Uh, native reserve stuff in the movie because like it's only one Mm. scene and I was like I thought I've I've, I've had this worry going into it that it was like a a back like it was like a plot and it wasn't just like one exchange at a casino Um, like because it was kind of like oh like like to me that was like hard that didn't really jump out at me as much as just like how no one in this movie talks at all the way that like I don't know anyone in the world would ever talk and i get it it's mm-hmm. a movie it's an action western yeah. neo-western yeah. type of thing but i don't know i just mm-hmm. this it's it's definitely not my tastes
1: that's exactly what i expected yeah from you to be honest i didn't think you'd like it that much um so the, the problem i had it's it's similar to yours i i thought that's i thought that stuff was heavy-handed yeah i thought it came up more than once it was like the casino and then uh, pretty much everything with Jeff Bridges and his partner, um, mm-hmm. which I mean is the point, but th- it's like like I was saying, I th- I thought uh I thought they hit it too hard, and I was like, yeah, I get it, I get it, man. Um, just like you with your what co- their color of their skin or their souls. You do, you texted me that the other day, and I thought you came up with that, and I was gonna <laughs> be like, damn, Jer. that's deep. You hitting some deep shit, um. <laughs> No, that's uh, that's pretty much exactly what I thought you would say. Yeah. So Nick Cave, though.
0: Uh, Yeah, I did. Yeah. I I don't know. I didn't even really like, I don't know. The score didn't jump out at me. Um, Yeah. Yeah, it definitely wasn't like as like amazing as like, uh, because yeah, it's Nick Cave and Warren Ellis uh, doing Mm -hmm. the score. uh, They're they're regular collaborators. Uh, Warren Ellis is his like violinist and kind of uh, Mm -hmm. for his stage act. Um, Not to be confused with the comic artist or the comic writer. Yeah. But uh, yeah, I don't know. Like it's like not a, it's not a terrible movie. Uh, like I wouldn't like, it's like one of those movies I would firmly say it's like, it's not for me. Um, yep. And I could totally see why people like it, but I guess mm-hmm. like cause it's well shot. It looks, it looks good. Like the whole movie does look good. Yeah. And I feel like maybe I was probably being overly harsh maybe. Cause like, what did I do? Like two and a half stars. But to me, that's like kind of like one of those movies where I'm like, I, I give it to a lot of new movies where I'm like, meh, I there's enough things that just bug me about modern movies. Like be it a rival, yep. like star Wars yep. force awakens. It's just like consistently things like, I don't like these type of movies, um, yep. which brings me to Bloodfather. <laughs> <laughs> oh shit
1: okay well uh, go tread lightly here fella
0: well, well okay so uh mel mel is really uh-huh. very, very he's very good in this movie mm-hmm. i will give that movie Your goddamn that, right I, I, I will give it that uh he's he's really good when he's bearded and then he shaves the goddamn sure. beard and then i'm like what yeah the heck? what the shit why do they do that it's but, so upsetting but then like the rest of the movie is super like bland like it doesn't yep. It doesn't do anything different. I was really surprised William H. Macy was in this because I realized it's been a really long time since I saw William H. Macy in any movie. Mm -hmm. Um, He looks really, really gaunt and kind of like scary sick or something. I don't know.
1: Yeah, I was going to say, should we be worried about
0: him? He looked like it. Um, speaking of Sicario, Damn. there's the Sicario Hitman because that's in yeah. and he, yeah. and he sucked. Yeah. Like he just was like, so he, like, he was he served no purpose. He, he was like, uh, I don't know. He looked like something out of like suicide squad or something like that. Like, yeah, uh, he, yeah like, just, I just, th- I think his, his DC
1: comics name is a uh, Mexican boogeyman. Yeah. <laughs> that's uh, his other, his alias. Yeah. No. yeah. Oh, yeah you're right. He, that guy served no real purpose. No. Other than like so. they
0: needed the action scene at the, uh, uh, at the mm-hmm. motel, which again, I was like watching that, and I was like, I saw this in Fargo season two, Um and mm-hmm. it's like way better mounted in that. I yeah, I don't know. Like the movie again, like it's like not a bad looking movie, Um but I mean the biggest problem with it is it just doesn't go anywhere terribly interesting. There's like one bit too, like at that that motel room scene, the whole like when they when they're running away from Sicario Hitman, and like yep. the, Sicario Hitman's got like a shotgun and he shoots yep. like a uh un, like. Not knowing uh sheriff or whoever who just happened to pull up and they mm-hmm. get shot, but we get a display of CGI blood where he gets a head wound the size from like from a pistol and not from uh-huh. a shotgun. And I was just like, uh like just stuff like that always just like brings me out of the movies. Um sure. like if you're gonna have sure. Gore, just have him have him blow his head off chunkily, like not like this yeah. like subtle little thing so you get your R rating. And then yeah, like the whole like redemption of Mel Gibson thing, it's getting abs- yeah. it's getting absurd now. Uh this movie really really lazy. it on it's thick done. yeah now I, I, it's done it better for goddamn be because like between uh-huh. like between like the beaver uh and uh oh, hacksaw, that was like eight years ago I, I know that was like where it began that's where it started yeah and then hack between now mm-hmm. hacksaw ridge and Bloodfather it's just like his redemption tour it just keeps going and i don't know it's like some weird catholic thing but
1: uh well <sighs> wait until the passion 2 comes out and then you'll be fucking blown away. Mm-hmm. But uh no, I again not super surprising uh because you you hate fun, but I'm glad <laughs> that do. you you thought Mel was good.
0: No, Mel Mel's good yeah. like when he starts like losing his shit, like it's, it's 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 like kind of like dumb funny. Um Yeah. I'm not sure like how this stacks up in the like the angry dad movies that exist now, like mm-hmm. Taken and Bloodfather and like whatever else. These are these yeah. are all movies that like Charles Bronson would have been in like 30 mm-hmm. years ago. Um right. oh yeah there's like the one shot that like I think really cemented this movie as being like not for me uh mm-hmm. it was like after uh spoilers Mel Gibson dies uh and it's so it's more funny after a point and the movie's got weird like use of humor but uh there's a yeah. shot after he dies and they close up on his tattoo on his arm lost soul and I was Ooh, just like
1: shit. oh my goodness Hey, Jer. When that played in my house, you know what I did? I was like, "You cry." Oh shit! <laughs> I was like, "Oh fuck!" They got him. <laughs> <laughs> they got him. He's not lost no more, though, Jer. Yeah, he found his. He found his light. No, I, I know. I I'm not surprised. Uh, for me, uh, in terms of his old man revenge movies, redemption, whatever, go. I thought it was pretty good. Yeah. And uh, also, of course, I I love Mel Gibson. So yeah, he he does look fucking cool. With his beard and those fucking goggles riding around on that hog, that's worth the pr- price of admission. Mm-hmm. <laughs>
0: Okay. Sure. Oh, okay. That's sure. okay. The other thing though too is like, the movie really shows kind of like, it's it's cheapness at the, like during the motorcycle chase stuff. Um, like where it's like, <laughs> uh, like and it seems like they only have like one stretch of road, like that they kept using over and over again. He's like, I have to go back and get something while you dye your hair. <laughs> and then he drives back and I'm like, wait, isn't this where they had that chase like a mere, like few minutes ago? Um, that's, uh, Movie magic, Jared. movie magic. I don't know. It movie just, magic. It's like there's just like yeah, there's not much to the movie. It didn't again. Same like with Hell or High Water, it didn't go anywhere mm-hmm. interesting. It didn't show me anything like like oh man, that's something that stands out. Other than when Mel starts like just raging out and taking out dudes in the uh, SUV at the end, and it's yeah. like that was good, pretty fucking cool. Nah, that's he the, was a
1: uh, he was good bouncing lines off of a uh, old Nazi Michael Parks too.
0: Oh yeah, Michael Parks selling his memorabilia. Yeah. I like when he just Michael kills Parks. him dead. Like, cause like, because you think there's gonna be a scene yeah. there where it's like, well, well, look who's come back, and then they just, he just kills him because I just uh, like, because he like, 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 no one, no one gives a shit about the scene anymore. It's just kill him, and it's like, yeah, get yeah. him, o- get him over as a, he's he doesn't give a shit. It's like, yeah, he doesn't care about going mm-hmm. to jail anymore. He doesn't care about parole. It's just over. Yeah, yeah
1: see, they they knew what you were thinking. But with there's,
0: that. See, there's glimmers. There's these glimmers of like something better, and yeah. It's just fine. But it's like got like a really high rating too on the the old Rotten Tomatoes I think too. Like it's in the high 80s, 90s. It's like an 80 some, yeah. yeah. it's kind of wacky that's to what, me. That's what I'd give it. I know. You did. Baby. Baby. I did give it an 80, yeah. Mhm. Well, and, and then well, RJ well, it's
1: it's agreed Bloodfather, 5 out of 5.
0: Yep. Uh and then I I went to the theater.
1: Ooh, yeah. I'm ch- I I, eager to hear about this.
0: And I checked out those Best Picture nominees. Uh Manchester Which by one? the Sea. And Moonlight. Mm-hmm. So first of hot all. Hot damn. Hot damn. So first of all, and I was I was thinking about going to La La Land last night, but I just did mm-hmm. not want to go to a musical for two hours at like nine o'clock at night. So yeah, it's, it's coming. It's coming down the pike. Uh, so yep. Manchester by the Sea. Um, what can I say about this movie? It is very nicely photographed. I was actually like really surprised. Cause never, I never, I've never heard too many people talk about like the cinematography. Um, I'm not really yeah. too familiar with the director, uh, Kenneth Lonergan. Um, I actually own a movie of his that I haven't watched yet called Margaret, which I've only ever seen people really talk about how good it is. Um, but I'm like kind of confused whether or not I should watch the theatrical cut of that movie or the director's extended cut, which is like, I think like a good mm-hmm. half hour longer or something. Um, so I don't know if anyone has any suggestions. Um, I'm, I'm welcome to hear them. Um, uh, Watch Manchester, them both. yeah, Manchester by the Sea uh, is—it's a good movie. It's like exactly the sort mm-hmm. of movie that uh, people love to nominate for Oscars. Um, mm-hmm. I don't think it's going to win. Um, what about Casey? Casey's great. Casey's very good. Uh, is he going to win? Uh, maybe. Because what's
1: the competition? I, I, think, uh, well, I remember people said it's between him and Denzel.
0: Mm, I could see them going with KCF like if because the movie's not going to win but they might go with him because yeah. he's really great um, he's everything yeah. that I think Ryan Gosling isn't um, like I think he's uh, just I, I think he's a way better actor uh, I've always like I respond okay. way more to him uh, for some reason um, he just he's shit like, and gone baby gone he's yeah and like again yeah, sa- assassination of Jesse James uh, no yeah. he, I I I always like him and stuff he's always like uh, really good. So the movie, uh, nice. not getting too, I don't know. How much do you want me to tell you about the movie? Are you going to see it? Maybe uh, just... you
1: can, I, I'm dead. I'm going to go see it for sure. Like this okay. week, but okay. you well, feel free no, to get no, into if, whatever uh, you want.
0: No, a part of the thing is like, if you the little more or less, you know about it, it'll probably be better. Um, it's like, it's a really well photographed movie. Um, okay. I, I kind of, at times, do you, have you ever heard of the movie or do you remember the movie in the bedroom?
1: It, uh, is that the one you tried to make with me?
0: Yeah. No. The one uh it no, was like, I've never it was like, heard it, of such a thing. Okay, well exactly. It was but it was like a big uh, Academy Award nominated movie in the early two thousands, whatever year it was, um that held this okay. buzz and people it's like it's sad and about tragedy mm-hmm. and coping, um, and living your life. But it has a bit more of like a thriller criminal edge to it, but it's very downplayed. Uh this movie isn't like that per se, but it is kinda like it's one of those movies that like I feel like Manchester by the Sea is quite popular possibly a movie that like no one's going to ever talk about after this year. Um, uh, it's very,
2: bad.
0: and it's not like a strike against the movie, like, but I don't think yeah. it necessarily has the, the edge of yeah. like something that like is going to transcend the, this calendar year and this award season. Sure. Um, and I don't know, like, and it's not like movies have not won Oscars because of that, because lots of movies have won best picture that. were exactly like that sort of thing. Yeah. Uh, but I'll, yeah, I'll leave it to, at that. Uh, it's absolutely yeah. worth seeing. Uh, Michelle Williams, who I didn't even like, really register as her being Michelle Williams, but she seems to be in a lot of these types of movies, and I always like her. She's really good. Um, mm-hmm. have, did you ever watch Wendy and Lucy? That's...
1: No, but Andrea went through a Dawson phase, and she's in that.
0: Ah, okay. Well, yeah. Wendy and Lucy, she's also very good in. And it's a sad movie okay. about a, woman, a girl and her dog. Um, oh, don't worry, nothing bad happens to the dog, RJ. It's just a sad story about like being essentially homeless with a dog. Yeah, I've been hurt before, Jer. Yeah, I know. Uh, so yeah, Manchester by Sea, it's like it's good, like it's it's good. People people will watch it, I don't think they're gonna feel ripped off. However, it is also like quite long. (laughs) Like, mm -hmm. I mean, I'd say like I loved it movie for like the first like Half hour, forty five minutes. I thought really, really strong, and then it kind of gets yep. into like the movie that it is, and it's good, it's mm-hmm. fine, uh, it's actually funnier than I was expecting. Cause like I've always heard like huh. this is like the sad bastard movie of the year, um, right. but there's like weird sort of humor to it. Uh, when I like I went to it by myself, and when like at the end of the movie, I uh, got was walking out of the theater ahead of everyone, and I realized everyone in there was like the average age was probably like. 50, 60 years old um, and I'm like oh, yeah. all the people have shown up for the nice mature drama about white people <laughs> and uh, I was mm-hmm. like oh yeah that's like Oscar-y but yeah I don't know I liked it um, I don't think I'd mm. ever watch it again but I mean I wouldn't tell anyone to not watch it yeah
1: I think that's a solid recommend if No Fun Duncan gave it a, a new movie mm-hmm. four stars I, I think that's a pretty solid hit. Yeah,
0: there's nothing I can say bad about it, other than like I don't think it's going to transcend space and time, uh, which yeah, I would, you're, you're wrong all the I time. Which I think so. I would extend to even Moonlight, which I also uh, yeah, which I also saw, and uh, so feel
1: well, free to lay down whatever you want about this one because I'm not going to make it to the, to it before it leaves the theater, so it'll be a while for me.
0: Okay, so Moonlight, yeah. uh, I was it, it's become kind of, I was like finally surprised that it came here uh, to mm-hmm. little Southern Alberta. Um, and it showed up at the movie mill, the second run theater. And I finally got a chance to go watch it. And they'd bumped it down to just like one night a week. And it's like, like right. nine 35. So it's not the most yeah. appealing time, but Hey, yeah. on, it was on Sunday night. It was after the Royal rumble. And, Ooh. uh, I was like, Hey guys, let's go see moonlight. <laughs> and cause there's no, there's no other chance. Of course. That Any of us are going to go see it in theater if we don't go see it. So we yeah. went, uh, uh, up until start time we were the only three people in there uh, and then Aww. this like group of people all showed up at the end like like a, like a party of six and nice. so we watched it and moonlight mm-hmm. uh, i i would describe it as kind of like a it's like a lost episode of the wire in in some ways Ooh, cool. um so it's also good um mm-hmm. whether or not i i don't know i don't know if I get the like Unadulterated like love and like absolute like clamor the movie gets, um, mm-hmm. I mean it seems like it, it worked like exactly the way movies are supposed to. Maybe that's what people are responding to that it's like oh here's a genuine movie that I can go see in theater, um, right. and it, I don't know like it's good. Uh, so the movie mm-hmm. it's about, it's told in three parts. Uh, it's about mm-hmm. this young boy named, uh, Chiron, Chiron. Um, and you get his life through three stages from him being like, I don't know, nine years old to being in high school to him being a grown man. Um, mm-hmm. so I, I, always love movies that are told in chapters cause it helps break up, uh, the narrative into segments. Uh, right. it, it always helps me, I guess, uh, watch it. Just like when I look through a book, I sometimes look ahead and see how long a chapter is. So I get a better sense of pace. Um, Mm -hmm. so it's basically just a story about a kid whose mom is a crackhead. Um, Mm -hmm. and that sucks. And he is, (laughs) but he, and he's also, uh, a gay African American living in a world where being gay definitely doesn't help you out. um, Mm -hmm. He is kind of being chased around by kids. He doesn't understand why. Um, And a local drug dealer kind of, like, takes a shine to the kid and Mm -hmm. uh, wants to kind of, like, be kind of like a a, a surrogate father figure to him. Uh, But his mother doesn't want anything to do with that. And then, of course, there's a canned emotional thing when the drug dealer turns out that he has his drug dealer and that he's selling drugs to this kid's mother. Mm -hmm. And, And it's kind of like, oh, it's kind of like... Not not too far off from like crash levels of like maudlin drama, but sometimes that's okay, and it doesn't it didn't bother me too much in this movie, um, and then the, then there's a time jump, and then we follow uh, uh, Chiron to him now being referred to as because oh, he has got little no, sorry in the first chapter is called Little because that's mm-hmm. that was his nickname because he's little. And then the middle one section is his name, Chiron. Uh, Then you can see his exploits in high school where life just hasn't gotten any better for him. The kids Mm -hmm. he's grown up with, they become bigger, older, and more bullying and more bigger assholes. Um, And then you kind of just see, like, you know, it's an adolescent story about a kid coming to terms with his sexuality. Uh, He has a brief Mm -hmm. rendezvous with a a fellow student of his uh, named Kevin. Uh, And that gets that turns bad because of bad peer peer pressure and shit like that. Um, you see his mom still being a piece of shit. Um, and it kind of ends with a great chair shot (laughs) across the Mm -hmm. back. So it's like, I can't escape pro wrestling. It seems, and then sure. yeah and then in uh, the third chapter it, it's uh it's his third nickname uh black mm-hmm. uh and now he instead of being a scrawny little kid he's jacked to the gills and we're in oh, a grill yeah. and now instead yeah. of being a smart kid he's kind of embraced the life that he is in and he started modeling himself off his drug dealer surrogate father figure living the life oh. of a uh drug dealer but he gets a phone call out of the blue from the the boy that he had his first uh, sexual encounter with in high school. And Ooh. the movie just kind of plays out in this sort of nice, pleasant way with them kind of meeting up again and talking, uh, over some dinner that Kevin makes for him. Uh, Aww. And it's just like, I don't know. It's just like, it's a good movie. Um, yeah, like it's, cool. it's, it's, uh, Barry Jenkins. I haven't, like, I don't know if he's directed too too much. I haven't seen anything else that he's done, like short films or otherwise. Yeah. Uh, but like, I don't know. Like he's, I think he's a, Tarantino fan cuz there's some sh- like mm-hmm. cinematogra- uh, cinematography and shots in this movie that are like like they could be right out of like a Tarantino movie. Um yep. and like the, he's really like he's got that roaming camera down um mm-hmm. and it's like yeah. actually reminds me a lot of like a Dar- the there's these brothers these French brothers the Dardenne brothers and it's like and I should read I read an interview with Barry Jenkins and he's like yeah I'm a big fan of that like of his stu- mm-hmm. of their stuff. Um so yeah, I mean I get it. I'm glad that uh, the movies getting talked about. Um, but again, it's one of those movies that I feel like it's not the movie that people are necessarily going to talk about from 2016 forever and ever. Um, it's just like a good solid drama. Uh, Mm Um, so yeah, uh, I I wouldn't be surprised if it wins, but I have a feeling that that those Oscars, they like their, uh, they like their Hollywood back padding movies and that La La Uh Land set in Los Angeles. Um, and it's been a while, it's been a while since the musical one. It's, it's that Chicago, and that was two thousand two. So I think it, I think it's going to be an uphill battle in that regard. But right. uh, maybe La La Land is the best movie of uh, the year, and uh, I'll find that it's, out hopefully sooner than later. It's possible. I predict that you'll
1: hate it, but uh, <laughs> I I haven't seen it myself. I can't speak to it. But uh, uh, again, uh, you gave Moonlight four stars, so from No Fun Duncan, I think that's a big solid recommendation. Um, yeah. Me and Andrea, uh, well, I was going to go catch some of these with you, but uh, as you alluded to at the start, I didn't have a vehicle, and I couldn't get around, and I was working. But uh, this coming up week, me and Andrea want to go see uh, all three of those bad boys, Manchester, Moonlight, and uh, La La Land. Mm -hmm. But uh, as you said, Moonlight only plays like one night a week, so we're not going to make that. So uh, I don't don't think I'll be... I don't think I'll get a chance to see that one up on the big screen, but uh, yeah. hopefully I will see it before uh, the big Oscars, so I can yeah. voice my opinion. But uh, for sure, we're gonna get Manchester and La La Land just because um their stage presence is a little bit longer lasting in uh, our neck of the woods. Mm-hmm. So, but uh so out of those three, I know you haven't seen La La Land, but you think La La Land's gonna win all the awards?
0: Uh, I have that feeling. Actually,
1: you know what? It's it's Moonlight or La 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 Land. I have a better question. Yeah. Because let's say La La Land wins everything. I I, I take it that that's going to be one of those movies that definitely gets forgotten. Like, uh, look at The Artist. That was making all sorts of splash because of what it was doing, and it won Best Picture. But nobody talks about that movie anymore. Uh, So out of those three, Manchester, Moonlight, and La La, I know you haven't seen it. Which one of those do you think is gonna last the longest through time? Uh,
0: I don't know if any of them. <laughs> well, I mean, uh, well, I'll, 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 i I want. I don't want to say too much. I, I, I will see La La Land uh, yep. first. Um, okay. Okay. And, yeah,
1: that's fair.
0: It seems like people do really like that movie. Uh, it all depends. Like. Uh, one of the other podcasts I think we both listened to that junk food yep. dinner. Uh, one guy on there loves that movie to bits and the other guy thinks it's just a piece of shit. <laughs> so I'm just like, I don't know. I think I sometimes I, I could come down either side. Um, and I, I, the, I, that director, uh, I think that whiplash is real good. Um, oh, yeah. but oh, we'll, yes. so we'll see, I, I, I reserve judgment till I see it. And then I can tell you, cause I'm actually, sure. I'm, I've gotten pretty good. I'm, i think I'm down to like five out of nine. Six out of nine? I can't remember. Right. I think I'm at five out of nine. So the La La Line will make six. And then that Lion movie, I think, is coming here oh. soon. Uh, yeah. And then like there's Fences, which uh, I don't did, know. That
1: did come, didn't it? Fences, or is it fences not here at,
0: yet? No, Fences That is at the mill.
1: But it, it leaves, I think, on Friday. So uh, that's, you yeah. only got you only got one more night to see it tomorrow. So uh, that's your uh, only uh, chance.
0: I did see the trailer for it uh, when I was there. And uh, yeah. it, it looks very actorly. Uh, oh, it's Denzel. No fun just, Duncan strikes just again. acting, and there, it's, it's one of those types yeah. of movies that I'm like, Yeah, this could be unbearable. And I haven't seen anything too super positive about it. Like, it just seems yeah. like another movie that I don't know. Sometimes with the Oscars, it's like, Oh, they're really now worried about inclusion. And so it's like, Well, oh. oh, there's Ooh. like, what's the other one that one, Hidden Figures? That's another yeah, movie that, uh, like yeah. yeah. And it's like, yeah, it's another movie. It sounds like, I'm like, really? They're really going out of their way to get, like, oh, here's movies with some, like, black people in it. And I don't know. It's like, I've never, I've heard anyone actually say Hidden Figures is good. Like, actual serious critics are kind of like, meh. But those movies, like, they like to fill out those, uh, that best picture nine now. And I mean, whatever. They can throw the movie a bone and it doesn't matter.
1: I'm going to uh, take a uh, moment here to distance myself from the comments ah! made by uh, Jay uh, Jared Francois Duncan, uh, so-called
0: inclusion there, uh, air quotes. There of was people. Oh, I should. I took a screen cap of it because it was actually on the, the CBC's uh, page talking about like the Oscars is more successful in inclusion, but it's something else. Like, but they're still trying to find problems with it.
1: Right. <laughs> So. I liked uh, I liked when all that inclusion stuff was coming up last year, and there was a lot of people who were complaining about it. And then, uh, just for an example, the African-American community was complaining, but then Denzel and Jamie Foxx were like, hey, man, you don't like it. You just got to be better at acting. Oh, no, wait, be okay. Better.
0: This is what the headline was. Oh. Oscar nominations show greater diversity, <laughs> but no triumph of inclusion. What does that mean? I guess because it's like, everyone's segmented because it's like Moonlight is definitely a movie about uh, like it's about the African-American experience and also being gay so but it's like very much like there's no real white people in that movie at all Manchester at the sea it's or Manchester by the sea it's like white people like everyone's like separate like they're all very separate narratives I think that's what they'd be getting at
1: um well when we make our movie we'll have one of everyone
0: yeah. Well, I'm just looking over this article. When Halle Berry and Denzel Washington were the two lead actor Oscar winners in 2002, it was heralded as a watershed moment for diversity. Remember remember those days? Yeah, I guess. Didn't, I remember being a big didn't deal. Didn't
1: Sidney Poitier win that before Denzel?
0: Yeah, but he probably was like the only guy at the time. Uh, so yeah. I guess at that point, yeah. Oh, there's a photo of like the uh, Fast and the Furious cast. Uh,
1: why oh yeah. <laughs> uh, you're 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 going off the rails now no buddy.
0: i'm looking at the article anyway okay enough yeah. enough oscar chit chat uh sure. any news you want to share rj uh it's a day
1: old but it's still news hit me with uh that. mr ben affleck is no longer going to direct the batman what which was uh did you not hear that no uh yeah, yeah. it was worldwide news last night it broke and uh i think um so it was always under the impression that he was going to do it but uh i think if you look back over the last six seven months um people have been like ragging on him and ragging on him they're like when's the batman coming when's the batman coming and uh, he was like you guys all got to chill out he's like i don't want to make it if it's not good but uh people at warner brothers are like oh it's going to start filming this this summer And there was other people on the inside where it's like, oh, it's a mess. I can't start filming. And Ben Affleck's point was he was just like, we're not ready yet. He's like, I don't want to make a bad movie. He's like, just fucking back off and let let me do this. So he's still a producer. He's still a writer. And he's still going to star in it. But uh, he made a statement. He said if he wants to uh, commit 100% into the role, he doesn't think that uh, if he directs it and acts in it. He doesn't think he can do it, which I think is probably a result of Live by Night, which he directed and acted in, which uh, was a certifiable flop. Uh, I haven't seen it. I'm sure Mm. I'll probably think it's all right. But uh, I think Warner Brothers at this point, I think they'll just let him do whatever he wants. But uh, I think based on that, maybe even for his self pride, he was just like, I can't do I can't double duty on all this stuff because it ends up hurting either the performance or the movie itself. So he's going to step down as director, which I think is fine. Get someone else in there. Um, I'm going to ask you, but before you do, I'm going to throw my hat into this for who I think I should direct. Uh, I think you should get a re-collaboration with his buddy, Mr. David Fincher, uh, because they're friends. Just throw him in there. Who cares? I don't know. Um, in a perfect world, Christopher Nolan would just make Batman movies forever. So, yeah. Uh, I have no real opinion but I don't I honestly don't know who should direct this thing but put it like this Ben Affleck and his buddy Chris Terrio wrote the script Chris Terrio wrote uh, Batman Superman and uh Argo so that's what the script is who do you want to direct that script Oh man I'd have to think about that
0: I don't know I'm throwing know. you on the spot yeah, you, you I, can
1: you can say like Ingmar Bergman if you want. I don't
0: care. <laughs> Ingmar Bergman, yeah the, yeah, the the dead Swede. Bring him in. <laughs> yeah, let's uh, Ouija him back in here. Yeah, I don't know, like. Uh, David Fincher, I don't think would ever direct it. Um, he has, no, this, he, has he he has too many other things that he winds up doing or not or promising mm-hmm. to do, let alone like directing a Batman Ooh. movie. I, I think he could make like a really good Batman movie, but I don't think he's going to. I don't think he has any interest in doing that sort of thing. Yeah. Um, if, if he did, if he well, wanted to, if he wanted were... to, he would be doing it, right? Like yeah. no one would say no to him. Mm-hmm.
1: Him and Ben were supposed to make a, a remake of Strangers on a Train. That was supposed to be next, but Ben oh. Affleck has uh batman obligations so he's got to do that now Mm -hmm. so anyways uh yeah i don't know who should do either but that was the news because that's what all anyone's been talking about for the last two since bvs came out they're like yeah even so people who didn't like bvs they're like yeah okay but uh, at least ben affleck's gonna make the new batman movie everyone was jacked about that so Including us, including us. Yeah, I was. Uh, I think Ben Affleck's an awesome director. I haven't seen his new effort, but uh, like I said earlier, Gone Baby Gone, that shit fucking rules. So,
0: yeah, his, I don't know. Yeah, whatever. Well, we'll see what happens yeah. in that. On we'll the see court and corporate uh, branding exercises. I guess we'll sure. see what happens next. Uh, I've got sure. a couple of things I want to share. Uh, first all right. of all, some sad news. Uh, H- HMV Canada uh has announced that it's uh in receivership, it's bankrupt, it's done. Um mm-hmm. they're closing here in April of this year. Uh right. for people who don't know what HMV is, it's just a like I don't know, entertainment video store, music store that's been in operation for decades. Uh it's it's a cornerstone of like mm-hmm. buying movies in malls uh for a very long time. And now they're dead too, along with uh, Mm -hmm. other graveyard of dead uh, media stores like Future Shop, Music World, Music City, uh, like they're all they're all di- they're all dying. Uh, yep. Future Shop because it became Be- Best Buy. So now, uh, if you want to buy physical media, you are relegated to Best Buy, uh, Walmart's really shitty selection, um, Amazon. and well, yeah, and, and buying it online from Amazon.ca for us. Uh, yep. and, and, and at, and at best, they are mediocre uh, for uh-huh. stock and prices and stuff. So it stinks. Um, mm-hmm. RJ, do you have any fond memories of uh, HMV?
1: Shit, yeah, man. Back in the day, you know, you're like a twelve or a 13-year-old kid. You go with your friends down to the mall, and you you spend fucking – you could kill two hours in HMV looking at CDs and movies and whatever you wanted. Uh, so that really sucks. I feel like there's, that's going to take away an experience for those kids. But I mean, uh, kids
0: suck nowadays, anyways. Well, so. the kids got Spotify now. They've got the yeah. U- They got the YouTube. They um, say what's a CD? Yeah, exactly. I mean, the only reason I like yeah. the only time I've ever bought CDs in the last few years has just been like I still have a CD player in my car, and once in a while it's like, oh, mm-hmm. let's just buy a CD on this road trip. And we listen to that for like six months, just like in the background and then change it out. Cause I still have like two boxes filled with CDs. And of course, so yeah, yeah, it's too bad. It's, but I mean, at this point I'm kind of over the fact that uh physical media is like only caters to like weirdos uh, like myself. Um, yeah. So I guess you, I'll, I'll, I've still yeah. got Amazon until they stop selling me stuff. Um, you know, what's yeah.
1: good though for you, is a uh, HMV is a, a rare a supporter of the Criterion collection, and now they their whole store is thirty percent off, oh, and then next oh, month it'll be forty percent off. It's up so to, maybe you can
0: up to thirty percent. They're only ten uh, well, percent off right now.
1: Well, you wait until fucking March when they're closing or whenever they close, go in then and then uh, yeah. swoop up all those criterions at a uh, a hot bargain.
0: What what, uh, what chaps my ass right now, though, is uh, I had actually just special ordered a copy of Fritz Lang's Ministry of Fear from them because the Blu-ray of it oh, was yeah. only like 25 bucks. And now oh, now they're going bankrupt and they're never going to get it probably because uh, that's how it is. It's not pre- going to shit? I doubt it. I mean, that was like a few weeks ago that I ordered oh. it from the store and I don't think I'm going to get that phone call now. But Maybe they'll kn- surprise who you. Who knows? Who knows? Um, my other piece of news <laughs> that I'll throw out there, um, since sometimes we come off like PETA on this podcast. Uh, I don't know Ooh. if you saw the the hot news about uh, PETA's latest uh, front. Uh, who they're taking nope. to task. So uh, PETA, uh, I, I found uh-huh. this out via Facebook and from their own mm-hmm. press release, that apparently they are taking Games Workshop to task uh, in regards to Warhammer, <laughs> Warhammer 40K um, because of some of their plastic miniatures depict uh, their figures wearing fur, Oh come on! I'm not even kidding.
1: So come uh, on, it's it's fucking fantasy. It's like trolls and goblins wearing fucking like a an animal that doesn't even exist on their. Back.
0: Well, come RJ, on. I believe their their uh, <laughs> their response has been that wearing fur is not acceptable in 2016, and it shouldn't be in the year 40,000. <laughs>
1: <laughs> Fuck off! Okay, okay, uh, okay <laughs> I, I yeah, I I agree with them. Yeah, fur is murder. Preach Morrissey uh, I don't like That either but I mean Warhammer's make believe it's not even kind of real
0: Right, it is completely fictional, but okay, I kind of like, okay, I understand this idea, but it's like, it, it's like such a stupid point to bring up because it's just going to make people mad and hate your organization more. It's not going to yeah, turn I'm- anybody, so it's dumb. Uh, But the whole idea that like any sort of visual, it's kind of like the cigarette smoking thing where like the idea of like people smoking in a movie will now land it like an R rating or something like that because it normalizes the behavior. So if you look at this little plastic figure with like a man wearing like a Mechanical murder suit, and he happens to be wearing a little piece of wolf fur on his like fake costume because he's all it's all fake. It's like, well, he's wearing fur, so I guess their thing is like this shouldn't even be acceptable in any regard. So I I understand the principle of it when you're like if your thing is like yeah all all fur is murder then it's like even like fictional Mm -hmm. versions of it is bullshit because by when you depict it in visual space, it makes it like normal. Cause like one of the laziest yeah. things is like when you're depicting like the old enti- anything is like, here's a barbarian. He has a fur sure. loincloth. He has a fur, like bear, uh, tunic and stuff like that. Like, and it's all right. these things that they'd be like, I guess historically it would be accurate but now it's not acceptable but I'm sure they'd be against it too they just don't Mm -hmm. want they don't want any of it Um, they are about getting attention Uh, this Mm -hmm. is getting attention from nerd quarters Uh, it gets a lot of people Uh, mad it gets many people mad and uh and pretty well it's all universal come on it's just plastic figures which yes it is but I get like the Mm -hmm. kernel of the idea that like yeah no it's like I get that it normalizes it into some regard by just showing it maybe like what's the difference if these things don't have the fur on them or not It doesn't change Mm -hmm. anything. So why not just not have it there? But, yeah. Uh, So, okay, valid point. Yep, I'm going to say one
1: thing about, uh, as you uh, mentioned, that smoking in movies as an example. uh, I can speak to that firsthand, man. Uh, I think you know I used to be a pretty heavy smoker. And uh, there was a time I went to a movie with my good buddy Ham Meat. And uh, I think it was Hollywoodland uh, with uh, Big Ben Affleck or it could have been The Black Dahlia. It was one of those like 1920, 1930s movies. And uh, it was like two hours and 20 minutes long. And the entire movie, I think every scene someone was smoking, we got so antsy. We left halfway through because we, we were like, we got to go have smokes. So uh, but you were smokers uh, at that point. Yeah. But so, I mean, it encouraged us to. It, it made us leave yeah, a fucking oh, no, movie to go I, have a smoke.
0: I think that's. To, I think that's not. That's not. That's pretty normal, though. I mean, I think that's like yeah. to be expected. Okay. But I think yeah, there's this idea, though, that like Converting wa- wa- non- watching it could make you yeah. want to do it. Like if, even if you didn't, weren't doing it mm. beforehand. Because um, I mean, like, yeah, smoking is addictive, yeah. and seeing someone doing it would make you want to do it. Um, yeah. But like, I was thinking of like my experience was like I think I remember like watching the movie Eight and a Half. And, like, yeah. man, that movie makes smoking the coolest thing in the world.
1: <laughs> oh, yeah. Yeah, smoking's awesome, man. It's so much fun. Everybody thinks so.
0: Mm-hmm. The whole world. <laughs> the uh, whole I think world. There's, like, something about, like, uh, some, like, anti-smoking group was, like, taking the uh, Alberta government to task because uh, they give them an F for not, like, curbing smoking in movies and i was like oh well, like what do you want them to do like edit them like the film yeah. are needs to come along and chop out smoking in films or like right rate- it's, it's absurd because well young people might see it and then mm. they'll want to smoke and i'm like
1: it's just same reason wolverine can't smoke cigars in the comics anymore Yeah, oh, yeah, joe, Bunch Ques- of joe, yeah joe
0: quesada he's a uh, anti anti-smoking
1: well, it makes them look cool. So uh, they just ruined those cool characters now. Mm-hmm. That's my hot take.
0: There you go. Well, I think that's the end of our hot takes on non-criterion <laughs> films. Uh, so, right. hey, RJ, after the break, I think we're going to travel back in time and then forward in time into the center of darkness as we're talking about Terry Gilliam's Time Bandits from 1981.
1: Sounds sticky. Stick around. Ooh.
2: If I could turn back time If I could find a way I'd take back those words that'll hurt you And you'd stay I don't know why I did the things I did I don't know why I said the things I said Pride's like a knife it can cut deep inside Words are like weapons, they wound sometimes I didn't really mean to hurt you three take two one day they'll put me in a film a proper full-length job until then i'm just stuck with this sort of stuff go and see this don't miss that the most terrifying thing you ever saw is coming to babysit for you tonight all right cut it down look just read what's on the script will you what the script other way up ah <clears throat> ready yes yes you flocked to see Brief Encounters for the special... effects. Close. Huh? close Encounters. Close Encounters, the film. Oh, well, I never saw it. Forget that film, we're on about our film. Time Bandits. The what? Time Bandits, the one you are supposed to be promoting. Remember? <laughs> <clears throat> you flocked to see Close Encounters for the special effects. You went to Superman to see a man fly. You went to Star Wars for the droids. You went... Now what? What's page two, man? It? It's under on page one. See? Oh, man. Yeah, I went to Star Wars Time bandits can offer you much, much more. It's not the special effects of flying men or droids, which makes time bandits a unique cinematic. No Cinematique! Cinematic! Uh-huh. You know, pertaining to the cinema. Mm-hmm. Cinematic experience. It's the makeup. Yes, folks, you've never seen anything like it. Men made up to look like monsters. Monsters made up to look like men. Look alike. Men made up to look different. Different men made up to look alike. No expense has been paired. Spared on the pan stick. The pan stick. No expense has been spared flying in the world's greatest makeup man. Just a minute. Just a minute. What about the plot? The what? The plot. What the film is about. Well, I haven't seen it, have I? Haven't seen it? You're sitting there telling millions of people to go and see a film you haven't even seen? Well, I can't see every film I do. How can I? Oh, wonderful. Terrific. Look, give me that. What are you doing? Taking over. You're out. O-U-T. Finished. Kaput. Finito. What about the trailer? I'll do it. Time Bandits. It's an awfully good film. We have worked ever so hard on it. It's a tremendous adventure story. We like it, and we're pretty sure you will. <laughs> What's wrong with it? It's direct? Punchy? Honest? Honest! <laughs> honest! Honest! What's that got to do with it?
0: And we're back. And we're talking spine number 37 in the Criterion Collection, Time Bandits, directed by Terry Gilliam from 1981. Uh, so Time Bandits is considered the first part in something people refer to as the Imagination Trilogy, which consists of Gilliam's other films, Brazil and The Adventures of Baron Munchausen. Um, mm-hmm. It's another handmade films film. Uh, you might recall they also produced uh, The Long Good Friday um, with mm-hmm. uh, Beatle George Harrison as a uh, uh, co-founder of handmade films he also uh, supplied the end credit song to this film um which i don't know if rj noticed or not that Uh, that that familiar george harrison sound i did not Uh,
1: as soon as the movie ended i turned it off
0: oh there you go so
1: there there's
0: that Mm mm-hmm uh so uh i didn't really write anything out beforehand for a synopsis so i'm just going to Free wheel it here. Uh, so, Time Bandits yet, is a movie uh, about uh, starring a 11-year-old boy named Kevin, and he lives with his parents, like many 11-year-old children do. Uh, mm-hmm. His parents, like most children, uh, are consumer whores that just buy products mm-hmm. that they see on TV, and they just think about the next product they're going to buy, and that's kind of life. Uh, Kevin has an interest in history and the world outside, but he doesn't have the most stimulating uh, environment. Environment. He's living in very uh, working class uh, Britain in, nineteen eighty one. That all changes one night when, after uh, he goes to bed, uh, a knight comes riding through Ooh. from his closet, creating all sorts of mayhem in uh, with mm-hmm. wide angle lenses, and then disappears. And we get this suggestion that, like, this actually happened because his, uh, Kevin's father heard all these sounds and tells Kevin to keep the racket down. Mm-hmm. Uh, the next night, Kevin kind of hopes that something like this will happen again. And this time, instead of a knight coming blasting through, uh, he gets six little people, AKA midgets, coming oh, in. Jared. <laughs> he, they come in. And yes, six, six little people uh, mm-hmm. Randall, mm-hmm. Fidget, Strutter, Og, Wally, and Vermin. Uh, they all show mm-hmm. up. They have maps. First of all, they're worried that Kevin is someone else, and they uh, take him down, but then realize, oh, it's just a kid. Um, they're on the run from something called the Supreme Being, kind of resembles the Wizard of Oz, like a uh, projected head. Um And they're on the run from the Supreme Being because they have stolen this star map, which uh, kind of lays out the whole of the universe and shows Mm -hmm. where there are holes in the space-time continuum, uh, which these six can travel through, uh, and now along with Kevin. Um, There's sort of like a strange theological cosmology to this film, uh, Mm -hmm. because it turns out these six little people are actually... uh, kind of like angels, I guess, to the Supreme Being, who's in fact God of this particular uh, universe. And um, they've decided to kind of make a name for themselves instead of just being kind of like uh, subservient members to Supreme Being doing whatever he wishes. They decided we're going to become uh, universally famous uh, bandits. And they're going Mm -hmm. to do so by traveling through time. Um... So the movie continues. So we get to see them kind of bounce around. They go from the kind of the modern era to the Napoleonic Mm -hmm. era where they meet Napoleon, played by Ian Holm. Uh, We get a kind of a puppet show, midget show. Uh, and Napoleon loves this. Uh, They wind up then in Robin Hood times, which is interesting as Robin Hood is a fictional character. Um, Mm -hmm. But it's neither here nor there. And he's an asshole. Uh, We wind up in, I guess, like ancient Greece. Uh, we meet Sean Connery playing King Agamemnon uh, mm-hmm. as he fights a Minotaur. Uh, at this point, uh, Kevin is split up from the, uh, his six bandits. Uh, they all meet up anyway. Uh, um, mm-hmm. and from there they wind up is it the ogre then?
1: Uh, after Keen, uh, king again oh no, the no they titanic. go to the titanic then they're on and the then titanic they go to, yeah. the yeah.
0: titanic back in the criterion collection again you know you yep. are so we get some titanic scenes and they think like they've hit it rich they're on a cruise ship they can live in the lap of luxury mm-hmm. but they're on the titanic and it sinks um mm-hmm. and they wind up uh figuring out a way to get out of that um <laughs> uh, and then they get to like it the land of lee the land of legends
1: the one yeah, it's like land of legends or something like that is like tall tales and
0: folklore. Yeah, ogre, trolls and giants. Ogres and giants. Uh they yep. wind up getting to the like the darkness, fortress, solitude. Uh there's yep. this there's this backdrop that evil, uh the 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 devil, I guess, in this world, played by David Werner. Um, uh-huh. he wants the star map so he can institute his own like plot of basically uh technology and computers, something along yep. those lines. There's a big old battle. Everything comes together. Uh, Order's restored. Parents die. And uh, for me, a good time is had. Uh, So the first time... I ever watched Time Bandits it was actually only just four years ago. Um, it had been on my radar because I've watched like pretty well all of Terry Gilliam's movies uh, up until like maybe the last few of his movies. Uh, and Time Bandits, for whatever reason, I just had like not got around to. I had watched it then. I really liked it a lot. Um, it seemed like it's like real, uh, I don't know, Terry Gilliam just got away with production design and stuff like that. Right. And I was like totally like, Excited by everything about this movie And so yeah I was excited about rewatching it And I still Really like this movie a lot But I'll just mm-hmm. throw it over to you RJ What do you think of Time Bandits
1: Time Bandits More like slime Randits And there's Applause throughout the land For my terrific Joke um, Woo Uh yeah, this movie fucking rules. I think it's super cool. Mm-hmm. It's uh it's so much fun. Mm-hmm. That word everybody likes to use. Um, Terry Gilliam is uh, such an, an imaginative, weird dude that uh, you can't help but just it dazzles you to see the stuff he does. I mean, you got a, a boat on top of a giant's head. Mm-hmm. That's pretty neat. That is. I, I got, mean, that's. Su- yeah, <laughs> it's, it's the cool. It's like uh, one of the it's I think it's the coolest thing in the whole movie. Um, and it's one of the most unique things I've seen in a long time. I first watched this movie a year ago only. So I'm a little bit late to this scene. But uh, no, yeah, I think this movie is super cool. Um, for a lot of reasons that I will get into, but I'm going to, uh, first hit you with an alternative, uh, take, uh, and one that I think is probably not news. I'm sure a lot of people have thought this, but, uh, yesterday, this was the second time I watched it. And, and, uh, right from the start, I had the epiphany to myself that, Hey, maybe, um, is the kid's name Kevin? Yeah. Maybe Kevin is a paranoid schizophrenic and uh, this whole thing is just uh, his made up world. And I know what you're going to say. It wasn't made up because the dad heard the noise. Mm -hmm. Sure. Sure. I'm sure there was noise. And then at the end, spoiler alert, the the house burns down because there is a uh, particle of the concentrated evil and uh, the two parents touch it and explode. I have... I have an explanation for that as well. Mm-hmm. Little Kevin here, he's a little shit. He got his hands on some concentrated sulfur or something, like sulfuric acid or like a sulfur tablet because it's like old yellow dust. He threw that fucker in the toaster oven, burnt the house down, and then the parents touched it, and in his mind, they blew up. So, like I said, I'm sure this isn't news, but uh, watching it last night, the way the, the, way the dialogue is, the way the sets are and the plot is it makes total sense that it just happened in his mind because there's dialogue like when he's with sean connery uh they go to the banquet and sean connery has this like it's such a like weird unnatural line he's like all right this is kevin he's my son now all right <laughs> here's the banquet and he is now the inheritance of all the world yeah. okay let's have a all right. It's it, like that's basically the delivery. And like that happens a lot in this movie. And I was like, yeah, it is like the way a little kid would talk. So, so or is that just the dream element that he mm-hmm. wanted to paint? Like,
0: I think that's just like, I don't know. Cause he, so from what i was reading like terry gilliam and michael palin uh, uh-huh. they set down to make like uh, a children's movie right like and so i think they hit on these tropes of like what makes a children's movie but like i think it's like this movie got a lot of flack i th- when it came out for being Why? a child's movie because it's like it's so dark and yeah. <laughs> and like unusual like wait till i get uh-huh. to who hates this movie it's, not, okay. it's 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 amazing to me um okay. so okay yeah so from my understanding uh, wait, first, actually, going back even before I go to this uh, thing about it all taking place in his head, um, yeah, uh, have you watched much in the way of Monty Python?
1: Okay, I'm going to lay it out for you right here. Yeah. I have seen Mo- Monty Python. I'm not a total rube, mm-hmm. but I am not uh, a total nerd either. Um, it was a little bit pa- uh, beyond my time. Uh, I think Monty Python is uh old man humor. And uh, I get it. I enjoyed watching it as a kid, but uh, I've only seen a couple of them. Like, I mean, your major hitters: Life of Brian and uh, Holy, the Holy Grail, and such and such. Yeah. But uh, I, I don't know the. I, I wouldn't. You never I wouldn't watched go the TV show or anything. Yeah. yeah. I wouldn't advertise as a big fan because someone would call me on it, and they would absolutely be right.
0: Right. Okay. No, that's fair enough. But I mean, you're familiar with like kind of what Monty Python was, like. Yeah, I, I'm, I'm familiar with it. Yeah. Yeah, they're like, so yeah, um, I always feel like, yeah, so for people who might not know, maybe you're coming to this podcast uh, under the idea that they'll get an education. uh, That's wrong show, folks. Um, Mm. But just a broad stroke. So Terry Gilliam, he's like the American, like, I don't know what you call him. He was like the animator on the Monty Python stuff. So like kind of like mm-hmm. all the iconic, weird, like collage style animation stuff that you would know from Monty Python advertising marketing. That was Terry mm-hmm. Gilliam. He was just like an animator who just like came up with stupid shit and like big goofy feet and all that weird, funny stuff. Um, mm-hmm. and he became like, kind of like the honorary member, not an, not a regular performer, though he did a little yep. bit of acting, but he was like kind of mm-hmm. on the sidelines and it was like kind of like Terry Jones, which was the kind of the director on that earlier stuff. And then Terry Gilliam kind of, uh, I don't know, him and Michael Palin hit on, hey, let's make a movie together. And they first were trying to figure out how to make Brazil back in like 1979. Um, And it wasn't happening because what they wanted to make would cost way too much money, and they couldn't do that at that point. And so they're like, well, hey, uh, let's try to make like, I guess, a kid's movie. And I guess it started off with like Terry Gilliam having this idea of midget angels bored of working in heaven. And they're like, hey, let's become criminals. Mm-hmm. And and the, the 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 twist on this was that hey we can commit a crime in one year and escape into another year with all the loot and we'll just keep running yep. away. And it's actually like when you laid out like Makes that, it's like that's a really cool idea. And I mean mm-hmm. that's like sort of kind of where it drew out of. Um so, I think like those weird contrivances that you were mentioning, like, no one would actually say that out loud. Like, or it's like, or things just happen like that. I think it's kind of yeah, because it's like, it's like storybook, right? Um, yeah. But yeah, I mean, the, the, I think just like the, the, that, I think it's sad that like, people's minds could go that way because of all the <laughs> shitty movies that exist that do exactly that now. Yeah. Like it's always that like pull of the twist. God, I remember like, even there's like yep. a, there's like an episode of like Buffy, the vampire slayer where like they throw out this idea. It's like, well, maybe it's all in Buffy's brain. She's like, just like yeah. an insane woman. And it's all in a fantasy. It's just like, yeah. why, why is that interesting to anybody? It's, the Mario 2, uh, it's, scapegoat. It's so, it's, meta. it was all a dream. Yeah. It's, it's so meta and people like go to yeah. that and it's like, yeah, like that's like very, um, I don't know. God, actually I even watched a, a noir movie from like a couple weeks ago. Uh, the, the woman in the window and it did, the, it did that exact idea where it turned out at the very end. Yeah. Oh, it's all just a dream. And yeah. I was like, ugh, infuriating. <laughs> I was just like, that's gross. And I never yeah. want to watch it again. Um, so I'm not a fan of your interpretation. Um,
1: uh, that's fine. I'm not saying. <laughs> I, I, I will no. agree with you. I think it's much better that it's just real because yeah. it's a it's a sweet fantasy, especially for kids to watch. It's like fuck yeah, that's an awesome like adventure. A kid wouldn't want to do that. I'm just saying on my second viewing here, that's what stuck out to me. And it's probably you're probably right. It's probably because of uh, all those uh, fucking uh, Christian Slater movies that do that stuff. Now that's I'm probably tainted. <laughs> As you know, I'm a big Christian Slater fan. Biggest. The biggest. Mm-hmm. But uh yeah, no, that's fine. Uh, I was just I was just throwing that out there for fun.
0: Okay. Yeah. Um, so yeah, I mean, yeah, this movie's just really cool. Uh yeah. I got some notes I'll throw out. You can throw out your notes as well as we just go sure. through it. uh yep. have you ever known anyone who had plastic over their furniture?
1: I haven't, but I've always seen it on TV and yeah. I was always like, What's the point?
0: Yeah, I've Dust? never oh, well that's the thing it's like i don't know it's always like a gag it's like oh like it's like oh poor people put leave plastic on their furniture because they don't want their nice new stuff to get messed up um it's like I, i've never seen that in real life before maybe yep. it's maybe it's an american thing or maybe. british thing i guess or british thing yeah you don't want your. Well, nice well here in canada
1: to it's too cold to leave the plastic on that's right So you have to take it off
0: don't you just hate yep. leather couches
1: uh, it depends. If it's like one of those hybrids, it usually has a little bit more give, but leather, I usually get stuck to. Yeah.
0: Horrible. Because horrible I am a sweaty, sweaty man. A big old sweat hog. Yeah. Yeah. No, that is weird. Right. Um, so yeah, this movie just goes was my next one. Oh, yeah. Cause this movie just like, yeah, it, there's no like him going to school and him not getting good marks. Um, yeah. It's just like, no, here's a kid, shorthand. Look, he's reading books about history. So he kind of, when he's in these situations, will be able to say, hey, I know what this is. And that's all you need. And it's good. All you need. Yeah, shorthand. Go get going. Um, And then, yeah, midgets in your closet. (laughs) Um,
1: If I had a nickel, man. For every midget
0: in your closet.
1: I'd have at least 38 cents.
0: Um, yeah. And there's like a thing about Terry Gilliam and horses and like them in close proximity. Cause have you ever seen Fisher King?
1: Uh, I haven't. Uh, okay. roommate Scott owns it. I could watch it.
0: Yeah. Um, so yeah, I don't know. Uh, Terry Gilliam, I think he's afraid of horses and he likes to have horses depicted very scarily in his movies. Cause that happens a couple times when mm-hmm. horses appear in this movie. Um, so like when that night arrives, it is intense like it yeah. is like terrifying like holy crap cuz like you really get the sense of how big this horse is and this yeah. knight and it's like random and shouldn't be there mm-hmm. um really good and then yeah uh, to kind of cover uh, a whole strain of things to talk about practical effects the scene where uh, the bandits and Kevin are running away from the supreme being and they're running yep. like down the the wall as it gets pushed oh, down yeah. and they're running yep. down the corridor into darkness it's like that is so well laid out and so like, nice. yeah it's so so solid yeah, Th- yeah that is uh, wicked nice wicked nice, wicked nice. Uh, what, what, what are your some of your notes some of my notes
1: okay i have a little question here for you you know when you see you first see them in the robin hood era and then you see them again in the titanic era it's like Shelley duvall and that guy yeah and yeah, they're always talking Michael about Palin.
0: like
1: yeah they're always talking about like getting down but yeah. like he's like inept there's like uh there's two things i want to say there's one thing i think is really funny where he gets like all nervous and flustered and he's like oh i gotta have some fruit um is he talking about like boners because he like <laughs> needs fruit to like energize his boner I guess so, I don't know, okay, okay, sure, and then uh, there was another point where um on the Titanic, they're like their whole like skit is based on he's like he has a mole on his nose, and he's like, could you? love a man with a thing like this on my, uh, on his nose and she's like of course she's like could you move in with a man with a thing like this on his nose and I was like what is this like a metaphor for <laughs> is it like foreskin is he like uncircumcised is that why they're like making this big play about like this mm-hmm. thing that sticks out like from his body am R- I reading this R- totally RJ wrong?
0: do you know why this isn't a five star movie <laughs> Why? Because of Michael Palin and Shelley Duval scenes. <laughs> I, okay. I don't. I don't get those scenes at all. They're not funny to me. Um,
1: well, that's what I mean. I was like, I, I was like, I what, what is? What are they going for? Yeah. I because
0: it's like, is is it like? Because it's clearly like weird sexual jokes. Yes. But I'm not in on the joke. I don't get. I don't know what they're making fun of or what the gimmick is or what like i don't know who it's for it just like it seemed like they need they needed to get michael palin because i guess like michael palin wanted to play robin hood but they give john cleese because he's like a bigger star of course yeah Yeah. because
1: john cleese was fucking awesome as robin hood when they leave and he's like horrible horrible awful people Yeah. Yeah. yeah yeah um yeah okay so i didn't i didn't really get those i was like maybe it was like in the 80s these were like euphemisms in the uk for like weird sexual no things, i don't right? even
0: think so i, I just, just no idea no idea I think, okay. they're, I think okay well you know what let's drop it let's drop an, it okay thank you
1: <laughs> john, john cleese was awesome as robin hood and uh, that yeah. scene where the guy arm wrestles the dude's arm right off of his body <laughs> so much fun that's the funnest shit i've ever seen mm-hmm. uh so that was really cool and then uh Speaking of characters and things, I like the Fortress of Evil Dudes. I like that the oh one guy God. has a horn, horn on it. yeah. <laughs> I think that's really cool. And then I also think the uh, being of supreme evil is really fun because he he's like whole thing is about understanding computers. Yeah. And then he's like if I made the world, he's like I would have started with lasers day 1. <laughs> and then he and then he goes on a rant about how slugs suck. Yeah. He's like what do you mean? he's like what even is a slug? He's like, it's all slow and slimy and stuff like that. So uh, I thought that was also super cool.
0: Mm-hmm. Yeah, uh, super cool. I think there's like, so, I mean, I, I guess as far as like what this movie might be trying to say or like just like things that it's commenting on. I love the depiction of evil in this movie because uh, it, there's this whole idea, like his all his ideas, all of evil's goals are like really like unimaginative, which I think is like the best statement you can say about evil because all of his ideas are like, I just want to use things that already exist and I want more of it. Technology's good. So, I mean, there's like that obvious, like technology's bad sort of idea, but I love when he starts talking about what what his plans are and he's like, I'm Mm going to turn the water into dirt and I'm going to turn the sky. And all he does is like, all his ideas are just like, I'm going to turn one thing into another thing. And, Um, I'm sure that if he had laid out everything he was going to turn around, you'd wind up with exactly what we have already. It would just be in yep. different places. Mm-hmm. Um, which well, I love this indictment of evils being like very unimaginative um, and very obvious. And just like all they can think of in terms of is in turning things into something else that already exists and not something mm-hmm. different. Um, and it's like, there's like nothing appealing about the vision that evil has. Um, and it's just sort right. of like me, it's pointless. Which is great um, And yeah Those the, the goons The hoodlum The, the evil yep. uh, henchmen mm-hmm. They are so great They're funny And stupid And they don't mm-hmm. they, They're like Really enjoy the fact That they're stupid uh, right. And I love Super When cool. uh, Benson Gets turned into a dog and it's like a sheep dog and, and, and he's all growly And I think it's like Probably the only time That it's perfectly okay To blow up a dog
1: <laughs> Yeah I, uh, I got the impression It didn't really happen So I'm Yeah I'm, pr- I'm pretty
0: sure They didn't go uh, Nicholas rogue and uh detonate do, a dog
1: yeah do it for real because the audience would know
0: i feel like terry gilliam might actually be a vegetarian too i might that seems like something that. yeah that uh, seems reasonable fits, yeah yeah terry gilliam um yeah. so i really like terry gilliam a lot um uh-huh. I, I find like he's like he in interviews and commentaries and stuff like that he's like he's a like goofball like he doesn't take anything terribly seriously um he really mm-hmm. loves film uh, his favorite, actually, uh, we've already talked about his favorite film of all time, Eight and a Half. Um, uh, yeah. Yeah, he's a super, I think he does the commentary track on Eight and a Half too. Uh, <laughs> yeah, no, so he's a learned man and like his like imagination and like visual stuff is just like, I don't know, it's unparalleled. Like the, just like the Minotaur. When the Minotaur shows up yeah, in this yeah, movie, yeah. it's like, what the fuck is that? And he shoots stuff in wide-angle lenses, and his use of wide-angle lenses, like, would get even more ridiculous as his movies would go on. Like, when you start yep. comparing, to like, in Brazil, um, or, like, God, like, in Fear and Loathing in Las Vegas, like, when things start getting, like, mm-hmm. really w- wild and crazy, um, mm-hmm. and his distortion of space, like, I don't know, yep. 12 Monkeys? Uh, yeah, I don't know. Yep he's
1: yeah no it's fucking awesome it's you you get the best of that in the ba- back end of the movie starting with like the trolls and then the giant yeah. and then uh all the supreme evil stuff at the end and like the battle where you get the carnival knife come out of his head spinning like that's so, 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 so uh, fucking cool. so
0: was that like completely stolen by tim burton in beetlejuice because that's Fucking what, of like, of course it was. Yeah, because I'm like, it's, like, kind of the of same course. spot. This thing comes right out of his head and spins yeah. around. But it's not an umbrella. But it's, like, very, uh, I think Tim Burton probably Made watched Time Tim Bandits. Bros. And he was like, hey, I'm going to do that, yeah. too. Yeah, of course, because it was so cool. Which is fine. You could do that. Yeah, yeah that's fine. Mm-hmm.
1: Yeah, yeah, But, no, yeah, I agree with you. Terry Gilliam's was pretty neat dude. Yeah.
0: I think that's, like, honestly, like, why I think I rate this movie quite highly because it's like yep. the, the set design, production, uh, the mm-hmm. costumes are all really good. You know, the whole movie seems very lived in considering it's all yep. completely contrived. Like nothing there is like, yeah. it's all sets and, but it feels like really, um, I don't know, like this is what things are supposed to look like. Probably, I mean, the fakest looking thing would probably be like evil's uh, base because it's like yeah. very evilly and dungeon and like technology. go, And, but it's like, because like, I, again, it could play into this whole idea of like evil being very like unimaginative Mm -hmm. and like kind of like obvious and it's like yeah this is exactly what evil's domain would look like like big steps and like uh swinging cages and darkness and stuff like that yeah uh-huh. Uh-huh. Uh, I feel you. Yeah. And yeah, uh, the bandits themselves, uh, mm-hmm. they're they are all, it's really cool dynamic. It's like completely like, huh, I've never seen the movie outside of like, I guess if I saw the Seven Dwarves movie, um, yeah. we, we, we would just CGI compress people. Uh, the the Fellowship of the Rings type of thing where it's like, oh, yep. it's like fake, fake little people. Um, uh-huh. This movie's like, no, it's legit. These are just like, we, yeah. we can-
1: <laughs> Elijah Wood's pretty short.
0: He's not four feet.
1: <laughs> I think he's like five two. Is he that little man. I don't know. I'm just. I don't even know what he's I'm. A, talking
0: he's a he's a mini. But...
1: Yeah, I agree with you though. I think that is pretty super yeah. cool.
0: So it's really cool that uh, Terry Gilliam got all these guys work. Uh, we got yeah, and we got Kenny Baker as Fidget. Yeah. Uh, mm-hmm. And so he's a uh, I don't know busy during this period of time because now now we would just cgi up things instead of having people inside Mm -hmm. of suits or just playing the role yep Uh, yeah because all we have is peter dinklage now
1: that's the only one man and uh warwick davis but uh he doesn't get called too often i guess no yeah yeah no i agree with you all on all those things uh i also want to say that i think those two trolls the ogres that's us we are uh, old ogred married couples. They have such a fun dynamic. They do on their boat. Uh, yeah, I also think it's really funny that that ogre guy is talking about cans <laughs> and pollution, even though he's clear like there's clearly no such things existing at that time. <laughs> And it's like the weirdest thing for him to be talking about. That's really funny. Uh, I like the huge guy, like the giant oh, yeah. uh, under the ship. But I also think it's pretty fucked up that those dudes just stab into his brain. Mm-hmm. Um, so that's pretty crazy. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, it, like after like from that point on, it's all like crazy Terry Gilliam imaginative things like
0: the skull monsters and even all like oh, the huge
1: man. Lego bricks and stuff like that in yeah. the fortress. Man, it's so cool.
0: Yeah, no, it's just not like this stuff. Like there's always some like, I mean, cause you, you really pick up on like Terry Gilliam's like cartooning background and his like yeah. animation stuff. And like, he's like a real, like he, he's a visual artist and it's like, yeah, this guy should be like allowed to like, just like do whatever the hell he wants when he makes these movies. Cause he's got ideas and he wants to, and he shows them and he actually figures out how to make them look really good. Yeah. Like, cause those like, um, I don't know. Just, like like the, the cow scald uh yep. cat gackles or whatever the hell they're calling it uh like they're they're awesome like they're like yep. so effective super scary mhm yeah as a kid this mm-hmm. movie is like pretty intense um i, I would guess cuz i watched this yep. movie when i was like 30 <laughs> but i mean i like i love it i i mean i wish stuff looked like this now but now it's yep. all like i don't know cgi floaty crap right i mean it's it gets kind of old banging on like cgi i guess but i mean when you see like movies yep. like this with like where it's just using practical effects because cgi didn't exist and you see how good it looks it's like why don't we go yep. back to this Let's um, go back oh yeah, i wanted to mention like i was looking it up uh, the guy who played the ogre uh mm-hmm. it's master amon from game of thrones and his wife oh, neat. and his wife uh is uh mona from who's the boss <laughs> It, oh, fuck. Uh, also, I guess played uh, some, some character called Lois from Everybody Loves Raymond. But I'm not as familiar oh. with Everybody Loves Raymond, but I remember that. Who's the boss in that Mona? You're such a nerd. I know. <laughs> oh will piss you off. Nerd. Mm-hmm. Uh, apparently, the way the uh, dead parent scene got past like the studio was they did yep. one film screening with a bunch of kids and mm-hmm. the kids were asked at the end of the movie, "What was your favorite part?" And they liked the part when the parents blow up. <laughs> Fucking right. And, they, and then went, that's "Okay, funny. I guess that's okay." And Game was like, "Yeah, sometimes like the audience is right. Like sometimes you get the right screening group, and they yeah. go along with it." And kids love parents blowing up. Cause that's but, super funny. And I guess like um, the the thing was like I guess like was it like the little girls that saw it? They were like worried about what happened to Kevin afterwards. Yeah, they're like, oh no, what's going to happen? His parents are dead oh, now. He's yeah, because there's no resolution. because yeah. he's just at like a burnt down house. Yeah, that, it's like that's what it kind of puts a stamp on the movie. Is this like yeah. darkness? <laughs> and you're like, yeah. oh, holy shit! They just killed the parents. It's not like this like real clean cut ending. Um, yeah, it's kind of he's like in some ways arguably better off that he's not stuck with the like consumerist horrors. Um, but at the same time, yep. it's like now it's all, all Oliver Twist and orphans uh, <laughs> of showing up again here up yeah, on the. That criterion. that worked out for him though. Yeah. Worked out so well. Yep. So, neat. Neat. Uh, yeah. anything else you want to share? No, I think I've uh, laid it all down. Okay. Yeah, so yep. Time Bandits, I don't know. Uh, it's just it's a great kids movie. Uh, I think yep. it holds up really well. Uh, I mean, I I mean, I'm I have a real soft spot for Terry Gilliam, so I just love mm-hmm. his movies anyway, so I don't know. Certifiable hit. Yep, uh, can't wait till, well, what is it, like about 10 episodes, and we'll be talking about Brazil. So oh, yeah. that's going to be exciting too, because that movie is also pretty good. Toot sweet. But some people disagree, RJ. Uh, those people Some so There's haters out there. So who hates yeah. this movie? Steven Mann hates this movie. He gave this mm. movie one star Inexplic- what? inexplicably poor outing from Terry Gilliam. <laughs> it has a multi-Python feel to it, marred by poor pacing in the first hour, flat excuses for jokes, weak writing, and an identity crisis regarding its audience. Its one redeeming feature is a vivid imagination. Avoid. <laughs> Come on. Yeah. I'm going to avoid Steve
1: Mann. How about that? Ah. Baby.
0: Dawn gave this one and a half star. There's actually a lot of negativity toward this movie. The yeah. S- the satirical elements were brilliantly played, but this was just a chore to sit through. I hated it. Also, I didn't realize it was, when, or I didn't realize it when I switched it on, but I've seen the ending of Time Bandits before. Without giving anything <laughs> away, it traumatized enough that I forgot the film but clearly vividly remember the ending. The kid was awful too. I feel like a Grinch for hating on such a u- inventive, unique film.
1: Mm-hmm. I don't know why he says the kid is awful. That's not really... No, the kid's fine. The
0: kid's good. He's solid. Um...
1: Go watch modern stuff with the kids. Oh. Go watch Yeah, go watch anything with Winona Ryder and see how that <laughs> she holds up.
0: Speaking of performances, hey, this is a movie uh, with Sean Connery that I like.
1: <laughs> oh, yeah, and you hate him. I Yeah. I well, don't at listen. least he's only in it for like two minutes. Yeah, he's
0: barely in this, but he's really yeah. well cast. And I also mean... Thinking about it too, like that movie uh Man with, uh The Men Who Would Be King, that movie is yep. awesome. And yeah, it's yeah. and it's also from the same period of time of Sean Connery, so maybe not all lost with Mr. Bond. Okay. All That's right? fair. And then uh by Pyrohemian, he gave this one and a half star. Time Bandits is a boring, exhausting and seemingly never-ending waste of two hours. With very low stakes and seemingly no urgency, this film just drags on and on and on. The reason a Mm -hmm. film like Bill and Ted's Excellent Adventure can work is because of the urgency and each scenario that the Pair of land in provides its own very present dangers. There seems to be none of that in this movie. Instead, this movie basically feels like you were watching some people trounce around on holiday. I wanted to like this quirky children's epic, but I just couldn't see past the terribleness. (laughs) The terribleness like wow. people like i don't know they just want to hate it i
1: think they, uh yeah i'm not i'm not really surprised by it though I, I feel like this would be a polarizing movie people would either love it for its quirkiness or hate it for its quirkiness so i'm yeah. not too surprised by negativity
0: yeah i mean i guess like we could talk about uh the latter days of Terry Gilliam, or we could, or we could you, save that for save another for day. Brazil. Is yeah. Brazil
1: the only other Gilliam in here, or uh, is Fear and Loathing is that LaserDisc?
0: That's no, no. That's the that's a DVD, Blu-ray. That, that's like I think okay. two hundred actually. Um, well, we'll, we'll talk about Gilliam a we'll, good bit. We'll get there. We, I mean, yeah, yeah. We, we'll have a couple occasions because, I mean, he was also involved with uh, That Life of Brian. Um, mm-hmm. Yeah, he pops up here and there. We can talk about him another time. But, like, uh, sure. I know we were – I think you were messaging me yesterday asking me if I'd ever seen Tideland. And I, <laughs> I have not seen Tideland, but uh, it's uh, a movie that uh, seems to have a uh, split – Uh, feelings about because I know some people really seem to like it and I also know some people who really don't like that movie at all
1: my two cents I watched it me and Andrea bought it like I don't know five six years ago I don't even know how old it is and uh, I almost I remember almost nothing about it other than I thought it was really uncomfortable and I didn't like watching it because hmm. uh, I remember Jeff Bridges is in it and he dies and then he gets taxidermied and he's on he's just on the in a armchair for the entire movie as like a uh, leathery stuffed man Ooh. and uh, I I found it really uh, unsettling and not in like because I I don't mind like creepy stuff and spooky stuff I just I think I thought it was just gross I was like I don't I, I was like I don't like watching that. Huh. So that that's all I remember of that movie, and I just remember after I watched it, I was like, "Yeah, I didn't like it that much." <laughs> so I I don't think I'll ever watch it again. That's my hot take.
0: It's it's fitting because I mean I thought Jeff Bridges was very taxidermied and weird in uh, Helen Highwater.
1: <laughs> well, it must it must just be him then.
0: Yeah, oh, because he's just trying to stuff or mumble his lines all through the stuffing and all the sawdust. <laughs> Oh. Oh. oh well folks, that's another one in the bag. Mm-hmm. Hooray. Who's bag? The bag. Oh shit. There's only one bag, RJ. Mine or yours? Uh ew. <laughs> well, uh <laughs> after the break, um I don't know. What are we gonna do? Die? After we touch uh, a black chunk of evil. Tips? Okay. All right. All right. That's it. that then
1: just go with it baby
0: you can email us at criterion creeps at gmail.com <laughs> we get lonely over here it's been hey, a while folks ask us questions ask us about uh, cows yeah the criterion cows we're doing great on the Instagram
1: I was gonna say does anybody even listen to this show we haven't <laughs> heard from anyone ever should no. we even do it I don't know let us know let us know <laughs> Tell if them. you want if you want us to continue
0: should we kill ourselves <laughs>
1: Yeah, well, uh, I will do it in a big field where cows can eat us and then it'll all be full circle.
0: Mm-hmm. In the meantime, we've got a Facebook page. Uh, uh-huh. I posted that Leto uh trailer that that True Lies is based on. Ooh. Didn't hear anything back from it. So who gives a shit? I didn't I guess. see
1: that. I would have I said something.
0: Yeah, sure you would have. Hey, we're on Instagram. Uh, you can uh-huh. check out all the hot cow action on there. Uh, we're on the it's letterbox. I'm Jared Duncan. He's Barn Loaf. Uh, you uh-huh. can see what the next February project's going to be. Because, RJ, for me, it's Oscar month. Fuck you. I've got all these Oscar <laughs> movies I haven't seen before, that one best picture, and I've got about 18 or so to go. Uh, I've got to put them down. Uh, I'm not sure when that's going to start, but I've got a whole bunch of them lined up. I just have to sit down and watch stuff I don't really want to watch, like Around the World in 80 Days. Is that the Jackie
1: Chan remake? No. <laughs> the, oh. b-
0: before Jackie Chan.
1: That won't be as good then. Nope. What should I watch in February? I don't know. Between uh okay, hey listeners out there, should I watch either man movies, homeless people movies, or poop in your pants
0: movies? Let me know. We're on SoundCloud, Stitcher, <laughs> iTunes. Are we serious? Rate subscribe. <laughs> Uh, Listen, next week, Mm. well, RJ, we're doing this goddamn podcast, which means only Mm -hmm. one thing. We've got another doubleheader coming our way. Fuck you. This outing, we're heading back to Japan, (laughs) and we're looking at two Saijin Suzuki films. (laughs) Oh, boy. Oh, boy. Brandy to Kill from 1967, Tokyo Drifter from 1966. We are having our first run in with the Yakuza.
1: Did you say Tokyo Drift from 2006? uh drift drift
0: da Oh, I'm going to watch
1: Tokyo Drift
0: for sure. All right then. All uh, right. and I look forward to hearing RJ from you about puffy cheeks. Ooh.
1: I don't know what that means,
0: but okay. <laughs> soon you will, soon you will. <laughs> okay. Well Good night folks. Uh right. another five-star classic right here. Oh yeah. In your ears. Sticky where it
1: counts. Mhm. Mm-hmm. Mm. Oozing oozing. Everyone's so uncomfortable by you. (laughs) Bye.
2: Bye.
0: Hi, Winnie. This is the Criterion Cube's podcast. I'm Jared Duncan and this is my co-host Winifred, RJ's cat. Because RJ's cat knows how to be punctual um, she's great she knows when to talk, when not to talk um, she's a little spaghetti cat very well behaved, very cute um, just staring around staring at things <laughs> uh, <it's> so wonderful <laughs> now she's exploring hopefully she uh, knocks the microphone stand off Hello? Hello? What are you doing? What are you doing, wonderful kitty? Hi. What are you doing? You want to destroy the podcast show? Oh, I see. Investigating. Winnie, what did you think of Time Bandits? Was it a, okay? Very interesting. Oh. Yeah, I think so too. Those little people were great. That RJ's an asshole. Why did he interrupt our show? He can't show up on time, and then he comes in and, like, makes sure you're not interfering with the microphone. Really killed our vibe, man. It's bullshit. Oh, you yeah. back at it, huh?
1: All right. Okay, see. Ya. Minnie? Are you doing the podcast? <laughs> <laughs> okay, sorry.
0: Put the other one back Business.
1: on.